Welcome back to Your Best Life with Dr. Hairston. It's been a couple weeks since we last came together and um, I shared some thoughts and, and some feelings and some reflections about what's going on in my life and what's going on in the community. I hope that uh, over the past few weeks you have been doing well, uh, that if you were infected with the COVID-19 that you are healing quickly, that if you have family members that are struggling um, with their own illnesses, that they're healing quickly. I also hope that you had an opportunity to do some type of advocacy work um, because I know that many of our listeners are advocates and we like to be out in the community, but with the social distancing in place in many of our communities, um, while there are some communities and states that are lifting social distancing, we still are finding ourselves distancing ourselves so that we can stay stay well. So I know that that has, have had, an, that has had an impact on many of my listeners' um, ability to do the work that they were born to do. So I'm hoping you found a way to kind of give back and, and continue to lift up your community. Um, thank you for joining me today. We're going to um, talk just briefly, you know, about this uh, recent crisis that we are dealing with. And, and, and just to be clear, you know, this situation with police brutality is not a new situation. It's not a new phenom. It's not, you know, race and racism. It's not, you know, something new. Um, but I think that our young people are, you know, in the 21st century are, are tired and uh, they are lifting their voices in a way that we had not um, in the past. And uh, they are definitely movers and shakers and wanting to see change. And so the recent um, murder of George Floyd, an African-American man who died in Powderhorn, um, a neighborhood that's south of downtown Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, uh, was killed uh, by a police officer while handcuffed and lying face down in the city street during an arrest. Uh, four police officers were um, identified and uh, charges have recently been um, made uh, of those police officers and the community, the nation is looking for convictions to happen as with many other uh, men of color, women of color, since as far as back as I can remember, I mean, as far as back as Rodney King and beyond that, I'm waiting for convictions, real convictions, real movement, real policy change around the way um, the police law enforcement officer um, deal with black bodies in our communities. And so this has really triggered a bit of an out uprising in communities across the country. Um, protests um, has been uh, organized across the country. Uh, a uh, another uh, protest is being organized right now to commemorate the anniversary of Dr. King's speech on August the 28th in Washington, D.C. Um, and uh, there's a lot of movement, a lot of conversations, a lot of legislation um, being moved around and passed and considered um, in light of this recent um, tragedy. And so, you know, I wanted to come to you today because this is um, hitting every community, including the community in which I live in. Um, and just about a week ago, uh, we, um, my colleagues and I, uh, had an opportunity to do a bit of a circle reflection um, and sharing, um, of course, through Zoom, because we're still social distancing to some degree, 
and uh, we had uh, colleagues of total 380 of our colleagues who tapped into the Zoom uh, to share, share and reflect on what's going on and share their, their thoughts and their feelings and listen, listening to their fellow colleagues share their thoughts and feelings about the state of our country. Um, and it was very heartwarming. It was very difficult. Um, it, it was, uh, there was a lot of tear sheds, a lot of just really intense moments and it really launched um, a, more conversations after that. And I know that there's a lot of communities, a lot of uh, organizations and businesses that are trying to find these safe space for their colleagues to do the same. Um, just having some time to reflect and talk. Um, and, and I know there are some also some colleagues that are ready to, to impact some change. They want to go out now and they want to do because that's what we do, especially in the work that I do. You know, we are doers. We we identify issues in communities and find ways in which we could, you know, address those issues and mitigate those issues. And um, that is our natural propensity in terms of the work that we do. And so with this issue, you know, around race and racism and to be clear, race and racism is a was a construct created by um, uh, a white um, that's uh, white supremacist who use that as a way to control um, and marginalize. And so, um, you know, we, I, I think of individuals as part of a human race and that is, you know, how, how I will, you know, kind of address that throughout the rest of this talk. Um, so yes, so we have, um, this issue with George Floyd and, um, he has recently been laid to rest, um, rest in peace and his family is now advocating, um, for some real policy change. One of the things that, you know, we found that after we did our circle reflection last week with our colleagues is that, you know, they were asking what's that, what's next steps? Tell us, tell us what's next. And the thing that I wanted to challenge our colleague and, and there were some colleagues who, who came to me and was like, I don't even know what to do. I'm not a person of color. I haven't experienced this. I don't live in a community where there are people of color. I, I've, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know how to do this. And, you know, so, you know, I, I do want to say that advocacy and impacting change looks different for everyone. And I think sometimes we paralyze ourselves because we think that our advocacy has to look like the person's advocacy to the left and to the right of us. And so there may be people that are out there protesting and that may not be your lane. And maybe your lane is more, you know, organizing programs that's going to help educate individuals. Maybe your advocacy is starting with financial contribution. Um, maybe your advocacy is because you have um, access to legislators and that you have a big voice and you get to kind of be in those spaces. Uh, maybe your advocacy and most and everyone's advocacy should all start within self. Identifying your own biases, your own um, behaviors of racism, your family's biases, your family's uh, behaviors of racism. And, and sometimes that's the hardest part, going into your homes and identifying those issues and calling those issues out when you see them. Um, because I feel, I feel that if you can't do that in your home, you can't authentically 
genuinely do it in the community. And if you try to do it in the community without fixing home, you'll be called out for it. So I I challenged my colleagues to go inside, go inside internally, go inside within the frameworks of their home and start doing the work there first. Then start to educate yourself just about the historical construct and historical context of race and racism in America. Um, you know, the history of the, the um, segregation, segregation uh, the history of what many history books call immigration, which is not immigration, but it was slave trade. Um, really looking through that, um, doing some research, some independent study and trying to understand it and trying to understand the timeline of um, people of color in this country trying to begging and fighting and dying for equal rights. You know, looking at the history of this country and how uh, oppressors came to this country and, and, and looted and murdered and raped those who were already here, um, our native um, nation families who were already here. Look into the history and do some independent research and understanding for yourself. You know, then the, 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 the other thing is to, you know, bring together bodies of individuals, like-minded individuals who really want to do the dirty work, who really want to do the grunt work, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I think that it's less authentic and that you will do more harm if you don't first address those issues, um, understanding your own biases first, that if you don't understand the history and the context of which race and racism even became a thing, um, if you don't do that work, that bit of work first, it makes it difficult for you to really authentically and successfully successfully advocate for change in your community. Um, and it causes more harm when you're not educated about the issues. And so those are just some of the things that I, I challenge our colleagues um, as they're trying to explore what's next. I also... Um, shared with our colleagues that they need to understand that committing themselves to positive change doesn't occur overnight. You know, this is systemic. This is something that's been going on for hundreds of years. And so you're not going to just because you're fired up today, go out tomorrow, implement a program, grab a sign and protest and all of a sudden things are going to be fixed. That's not going to happen. And being an agent of a real positive change will and could expose individuals to certain vulnerabilities, right? And so some of those vulnerabilities could include things like financial and professional risk, right? When you're out there and you're a big voice and you're visible and you're advocating for social change, sometimes that means that you're risking sacrificing like community partnerships, community relationships, um, loss of opportunities, loss of funding or money or jobs. Sometimes the risk could be social risk. It could be your family and your friends um, that you're either pushing away from or they're pushing away from you because you don't have the same belief system as they do. Um, and, and they begin to distance, them, distance themselves from you. Co-workers may end up distance them, distancing themselves from you. And you may 
learn so much more about who your coworkers really are in your own advocacy and in your own work in uh, challenging uh, issues of bias and race and racism in your uh, with the people that surround you. And you could be ostracized or alienated by people that you love and respect. And then the other risk that you could um, run into in this advocacy work is the, the, you know, the risk of physical and verbal threats. Um, you know, we know that when we're out there and we're really challenging the status quo and we're really being visible, that people will threaten you, people will try to harm you, um, people will um, threaten you with physical harm, they may call you, they may find your phone number, they may, you know, vandalize your cars, there could be so many things, so many risks associated with that, uh, could be personal attacks, mean spirited letters coming through to your email or to through your your um, your mailbox. Um, and, and as I mentioned, phone calls. Um, and so there are some risk that could be could be associated with advocating for change and um, so we want to let people know that that is a real possibility that advocating for change doesn't always feel good and it doesn't always uh, give you good warms and funny fuzzies (laughs) sometimes it's stressful and sometimes it's very challenging and you know and and oftentimes it could come at the risk of losing um, lot be a lot before you gain the change that you are looking for. Um, and so those are the charges that, that I share with my colleagues and that I continue to share with my allies, you know, and, and those in the community who really want to, um, impact some change and they just don't know where to begin and they don't, they don't know what it looks like. And so just remember being a change agent and being a voice for change doesn't always look like the person next to you. You have to find your lane, what you're good at and use that um, to help push change um, from a from a legislative lens from a social lens um, from a uh, you know academic lens use those platforms that you feel the strongest in and that's the lane that you you walk in um, and connect yourself with people who can give you the resources and the information necessary. But I will challenge you that if you are our white allies out there and you really want to help and affect change, the worst thing that you can do is to put the burden on your uh, your your friends of color, your family members of color to now hold the, you know, hold up the burden of trying to fix your biases and fix your racism. That's unfair to them because they are trying to work out their own role in advocating for change that's having an impact on their lives and their family lives. And so they're dealing with some trauma and to give them added pressure to then try to fix your issue. It's unfair to the person that's being oppressed. And so I challenge you to come to the table knowledgeable with the information, with the charge yourself letting your 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 friends and your family of color you know know that you're there you hear them you understand you empathize with their plight and that these are the things that you're going to do because you've educated yourself on that on these on these issues and so that is just my message that I wanted to come and share with you today um, I'm hoping that, you know, if you're out there advocating and protesting um, and, and using your voice and using your power, um, that you stay safe, you stay safe, that you um, limit 
um, how much you take young people, um, young people uh, under the age of 10 um, in those spaces, because in many of these communities, the police officers and tactical teams are macing and tear gassing and, and there is, um, is equal opportunity. And so young people are being hurt also. So be careful, be cautious around the young people that you take with you. Um, at the same time, if you're taking young people with you, um, allow that to be a tool of education for them um, while protecting them at the same time. So be safe out there in the community. Continue to do the great work that you are doing. Um, continue to reach out to someone in the community and embrace them because they are waiting on you until we see you uh, or talk to you again next week. Be safe. Keep your head up. Stay focused. And um, remember to hashtag Black Lives Matter.